insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Scott Howell, the agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services and insurance agents around the world. You are listening to episode three of the Insurance Guys podcast with Scott Howell and my fearless co-host, Mr. Bradley Flowers. Bradley, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Scott. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm coming um, to you live from Deep Fried Studios in Mobile, Alabama. Wow. I'll tell you what, this podcast stuff, when this thing's all said and done, you and I need to do about a three-hour podcast on how to set up the podcast. That's right. That's right. So let's let's recap last week just a minute. So episode two of the Insurance Guys podcast, we talked about how to get started in the insurance business. And we talked a little bit about, you know, the first episode we did, you know, you, you think you want to get into it. We went into that. So tell tell, tell our listening audience, what, what, what were some of the things we talked about last week? The main thing we talked about was how to get started as far as writing business goes. Right. From a, from a new business standpoint. And... I guess the the takeaway that that I took from that was you can do all the paperwork and the paper shuffling you want to, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to get out there and go get amongst the people and go sell some insurance and build relationships. Is that kind of what you got from it as well? That's right. The silver lining in that episode was is no matter how much you prepare, at the end of the day, you're still in sales. Absolutely. You know, I think today's episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about you know, how do you deal with rejection? Because that's something that you're going to have in this business time and time and time again. And if you're not careful, it'll get the best of you and you'll end up getting out of the business. What What are your thoughts on that? That's absolutely right. That's also the case for any industry. That's true. So we wanted to talk a little bit about, we've decided we want to be in the insurance business. We've picked the right vehicle. We've got a great mentor. We've got a great product. We've got a great, we've got great people we're working with, and now we've gotten started, and we are hitting the ground running, and we're talking to people, and oh my gosh, there's people out there that are going to say no to us. So, so how do we deal with that rejection? And I think, I think where we make a, a really good starting point, Bradley, might be talking a little bit about uh, what you and I talked about the other day on the phone for 30 minutes or so, and that's What's what what does every insurance company manager um, people that you're around tell you to do? And that's go sell to your friends and family, right? Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. And that's the case with any with any industry, but especially insurance. You got your project one hundred. That's right. And so, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Going to sell to family and friends. My thoughts are you can do it if you have to, but I would advise you not to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, one of the best managers I ever had slid me a piece of paper and said, you have to do your project 100 in order to start here. We need 100 names of friends and family. And he looked at me and said, you would be better off getting 100 people out of the phone book than calling your friends and family. I agree wholeheartedly with that too, by the way. 
Um, so how does that, and the reason I bring that up is you and I both know that's probably going to be your first rejection right there. Right? Absolutely. You're, you, you're going to come out of the gate and you're going to be like full of piss and vinegar and you're going to want to go, you know, sell your family and friends. And then all of a sudden you're going to hear no from somebody or, well, well, Bradley, Bradley, you know, I've, I've been with State Farm for 25 years and, you know, I get all those discounts and, you know, I just I just need to see whether or not you're going to make it in this industry first before I move all my business with you. Does that sound familiar to you? Exactly right. And here's a point we didn't touch on last week. I've thought about it for the last seven days or, or six days is all your family members remember when you got arrested for TP in your neighbor's yard. <laughs> When you were 13 years old. And for everybody listening, that did not happen to me. But your family knows all of your secrets. Right. And it did happen to me, but continue. (laughs) Yeah. So so you're right. And I think in some ways, what I have found to be the case is I see people who have moved from that area where they used to be the old person, you know, the old person that they used to be, the party guy, the party girl, you know, maybe they built a reputation that was maybe not not what they wanted over the years. And sometimes, you know, moving to a new area where you don't know anybody is actually a good thing. That's exactly what I did, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people do that. I'm not going to name any names, but I know a lot of friends of mine who, you know, were known as the party guy or the party girl or maybe something happened in their life, you know, wherever they were from, small town USA, and they 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 took off, they 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 had the bravery to leave and go start a new life and and change things and and um and 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 have made it, you know, where they are now. So, um, you know, so how does that how does that play into what we're talking about today? People are going to say no to you. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got, and this was from a nationwide guy up in Columbus, Ohio, that was teaching a class of mine. He said, uh, one day we were in class, and he said, guys, I want to tell you something. He said, you're going to hear a lot of no's throughout your career. And he said, one thing I always say to people is, some will, some won't. God bless. Who's next? That's right. And, and, And the bottom line for all you new agents that are watching this show The bottom line is this. You are going to hear no a lot. You are going to hear people call you that have been your clients for two, three, four, five years, and they're going to say, hey, you know, I got to move my insurance, either, you know, price-driven or my my cousin or my sister or my brother just got in the industry. And you need to to understand how to deal with that, and you need to understand how to build. You know, I, I heard somebody say one time, and I think it was an alpha guy, um, he said, you got to be a lion on the in- inside, but a sheep on the outside. Uh, and the reason I say that, Bradley, and I don't know if, how you deal with these situations, but I have seen insurance agents that I know, that I trained under, that I'm friends with, who when somebody calls to cancel their policy, instead of being thoughtful and having the humility to say, hey, I understand they would rather get in a fight with a client to make sure that they don't ever, ever come back over to their agency. Exactly right. And um, you sit there and you listen to that and you're like, well, there's one thing I can promise you. That person will never come in your office again. You can be guaranteed of that after you, you know, 
decide that you want to be right rather than be happy and you <laughs> kind of burn that bridge, that, that game's over with. So how do you deal with those situations, man? Well, you know, and this actually was one of the points I was going to make. I was saving it for the end. But, but my biggest advice, especially in, in, in any sales, but especially in the insurance industry, is you always need to leave yourself open for opportunity. So there was an agent that I worked with one time, or not worked with, but, but I knew and had a working relationship with, that he would ask someone to buy his product or, or whatever it was. Right. And he would... It was one and done. In other words, if he asked them and they didn't buy, um, he, number one, took it personal, which I think mm-hmm. needs to be our first point today is don't take it personal. Right. And he took it personal, and he acted so offended to them that they never, they're never they never going to buy anything from them again. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sort of plays into sort of my strategy for life insurance is, mm-hmm. is I'm going to do a lot of pre-qualifying on the front end. So in other words, before I ask you about it, I'm going to have – all my ducks in a row, and I'm going to know that that is a correct product for you. Mm-hmm. That goes into if that person says no, I need to leave the door open and, and just act like it's no big deal. That way, mm-hmm. down the road, they'll come to me. Some of the biggest sales I've made have come from people who originally said no to me two, three years before. It it's just so took fun. them longer to realize yeah. that that was the product for them than it did for me. Absolutely. And I have people all the time leave my office. And, you know, what I tell my my agents in my office is when somebody leaves, when somebody calls and says, hey, I need to cancel my policies. I want to know about this. Guys, listen to me. I don't give a damn how big your agency is. I don't care how big your agency is. I don't care if you've got a half a million dollar agency or a five hundred million dollar agency. And granted, I understand if you've got a $100 million insurance agency, you're going to have agency managers that do this kind of stuff. But somebody in your office needs to pick up the phone and call this person after they've canceled and say, Mr. Miss Smith, we love you. We hate losing you. We hope you'll come back if anything changes. Um, and then try to figure out and, and, and kind of read between the lines to see if they're being honest with you about why they're leaving. You know, did somebody piss them off? Did somebody in your agency do something they shouldn't have? Um, because I, as an agency owner, you need to know those things. And if you're just letting people cancel and you're not ever calling and finding those questions out, then then it's almost like um, it's almost like running a restaurant and not knowing whether people think your food food's any good or not. I think it really helps to to call those people and have those discussions. I, I agree, but I don't think you need to make it difficult for them to cancel. Um, I'm oh, dealing, no. you know, you know, I mean, I Absolutely had a client not. in my office uh, a few months ago, and, and it was just an act of freaking Congress mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. the other agent to cancel the policy, and it eventually mm-hmm. got to the point to where that person, that person's <laughs> bank account was being drafted for mm-hmm. their insurance policy and my insurance policy. Correct. And, and I've, seen, I've seen that before, too. And that... And that in the rare case, that person, and this person actually did say, look, I'm just going to stay with them since they won't cancel it. And mm. it, I ended up, you know, doing doing a little more digging, and we did get that policy canceled, and they stay with me. But they're never going to go back to that guy. And, mm. Scott, I probably get more return business than anything else. I haven't calculated it, but I would like to take the number of clients that have canceled with me and then take the number of those that have came back and see what that percentage is because that's a lot more important than your laps can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, 
so let's keep let's keep on this um hold on just a second i'm i'm actually all right um so my name is scott howell this is the insurance guys i'm with my co-host today mr bradley flowers from Saraland, alabama this is episode three and we're talking a little bit today about um we're talking a little bit about how do you handle rejection in the insurance business you know, Bradley and I both, I've been in an agency uh, with, with, with Nationwide and, and for about two years with State Farm when I started my career. We've been in this long enough that, you know, we feel confident we know what we're talking about. Uh, Bradley has been with Alpha for five years and was in the industry prior to that as well. So uh, today, uh, in this particular episode, we are talking about how do you handle rejection? How do you handle rejection when you become a new agent, or hell, even if you've been in the business 10, 5, 7, 12 years, um, you know, and, and we just got through talking a little bit about how, what do you do um, when that person picks up the phone and calls your office and says, hey, Bradley, I love you, but I got, you know, I'm, get, I'm putting my insurance with somebody else. The, the, it's just the price is too high or somebody in your office did something. And, and, and Bradley just brought up a great point. Guys, when you're an insurance agent, you cannot make it so difficult for somebody to cancel that um, that you end up ruining that relationship, and now you, you, you you're never going to get them back, no matter what happens. So I'm with you on that, Bradley. We try to make it as easy as we can. We do have them sign a cancellation form, but that is usually just a kind of an oh by the way thing that we can send them to sign. It's not anything that, and, and and we go ahead and cancel the policy immediately. Right, um, and, and I mean there, there's, I mean I'm not telling you not to do your due diligence. I'm not telling you not to look at, you know, potentially get a copy of the new quote and make right. sure they're quoting you everything adequate. Because like you and I both know, there's a lot of companies out there that if you're carrying half a million dollar limits, they're going to quote you twenty five thousand dollars just to get your business. So, absolutely. I mean, and and this comes with knowing your competition. I mean, I know which competitors are going to jack my clients up in six months. And I tell them right. that on the front end. And that's probably right. one of the reasons I do have some return business. But you need to mm-hmm. do your due diligence, but you don't You don't need to make it so so difficult on that client. And I mean, you know, what I typically what I do is I'll say, okay, look, you know, technically right now I'm still your agent and I have your best interest at heart. Please send me a copy of that new policy. You can wipe the premiums out if you want to. But right. I need to just make sure that they're not quoting you anything that's inadequate. And in most cases, those people, uh, those people will 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 let you do that. And what I always say every single time is, "Hey, do you mind if I give you a call in six months and we can requote this?" And honestly, Scott, I've never had anybody say no until last week, <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up saying yes after right. you know, and that was through text. So there's a you know there's no no emotions involved or anything like that. As far as he's concerned, he's talking to a computer, not me. But, sure. uh, but yeah, I had my first no last week, and, and he still agreed to it. If they're the type of client that's going to shop and they're right. going to move their business, especially because of price, they're not going to have a problem with you in six months requoting that. Absolutely. I, unless they're experienced, whether it's a claim or somebody in your office or, or something else has been so catastrophic that they're just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to, I don't, don't ever call me again, block my number from your phone kind of thing. So yeah. And here's at, the thing, Scott, if you're as active as you and I are, right. 
when things go catastrophic, we're typically involved before they get catastrophic and exactly. we can mend that relationship. Exactly. So I don't know if I've ever had anyone leave my office because of a claim situation. And, and I doubt you have either. And obviously well, there's some cases you can't help, but still. Right. Well, what I have, what I have learned, and if there's one thing I could teach young agents and to some degree old agents alike is I'm very proud of the fact and, and my, my people that work with me, my business partners in my agency would tell you the same thing. I, I rush towards trouble, meaning, um, you know, you've heard Grant Cardone talk a lot about his business. They don't ever, they don't ever give things time. They don't ever, once they make a decision and they're going to move on something, they don't, they don't let time get in the way of that. So, what I try to do is as soon as I hear something is is not going right, whether it's a claim or a billing account or, or somebody's just upset in general, I want that person's phone number and I want to be on the phone with them ASAP to try to get it rectified because the longer I let that thing kind of drag on, the worse things seem to get. And so, uh, and, and, and plus for my own peace of mind, I don't want to, I don't want to sit around thinking about something for two or three or four days before I call somebody. I, I want to go ahead and get it not nipped mm-hmm. in the bud. You remember, uh, I believe it was uh, Barney Fife used to say, nip it in the bud. Well, nip a, it in the bud. A mentor of mine one time told me, said, the longer you wait to swallow the frog, the bigger the frog gets. That's exactly right. And I, I'll tell you, I'll be completely honest with you. I've had some pretty big ones here the last week or two that um, have been some things that I, I, I could not let the element of time get between between me and this particular situation, whether it was a claim situation, an employee situation. And, and so I just met it head on as fast as I could. And I put my firefighter outfit on and we went at it. But, um, you know, sometimes so, I, I, very rarely, very rarely is it the case that I let time uh, get get between me and whatever problem it is. I would rather just rush it as fast as I can just like a firefighter getting to a fire. I want to get there as fast as I can and start working on putting it out. Scott, without committing any felonies, tell us yeah. what the most difficult situation you had to deal with head on is while and it has to do with rejection. I would say um, personally for me, because I don't like people uh, being upset, um, I, I'm – I get it honest from my dad that that DNA of mine. I want to take care of people, uh, both in my personal life and professionally. But I would say uh, the few situations that I've had that where I've had employees leave um, have, and, and I know that's not a case of of a customer's rejection, but in some ways it's actually worse because it's people that you put time, energy, effort into. And they leave and you think, man, what, what did I do wrong? How did, you know, and and you spend hours and and I know you've had a similar situation recently and I know it's weighed on you for a long, long time. And, and, um, that's been, that's always really bothered me from a rejection standpoint, having an employee reject you or, or, you know, an agent that you have working for you. That's always been real bothersome to me. The other time, um, I don't usually get fired up when people just tell me no, uh, because usually if they say no to me, if there's a good reason, like, you know, Scott, you're 
$800 higher on my autos. There's no way I can do that. Well, I mean, how can I get personally upset about that? It just is what it is. Um, right. Get, and, my, and my situation was non-work related, but, but it's certainly relatable. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're an agency owner and somebody walks in your office, it's been with you four, five, ten years and says, Hey, I'm decided to go do something else. I mean, in the pantheon of rejection, I mean, that's that's pretty damn close to your wife or husband walking in and saying, hey, I've decided to go do something else with somebody else. Um, that's that's tough. That's well, really, really tough. To, to me, the most difficult rejections in any industry, um, like I said, you know, Scott, back to the viewers, anything that we're, or the listeners, anything we're talking about here can be pretty much related to any industry. You just take the the verbs out and you know what i mean um but but one of them or one of the most difficult situations that i've been in and this has happened a few times is when somebody's leaving you for an inadequate product Mm -hmm. an inadequate agent somebody that has been known to screw people over sure and that client is a friend right and in, in certain situations you know there may be some you know, I had I had one that that was basically strong armed by a networking group. You have to do mm-hmm. business within this networking group, right. and and so those are some difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, I, that's I, very hard I to would, take, especially as yeah. somebody who cares about their clients. I would I would agree with that, and, and I'm going to say this: I've got some very dear friends of mine that I have grown up with since I was in kindergarten. And I never asked them for their insurance business. Never. I never, never said anything about them doing anything with me. Well, after I've been in the business for seven or eight years, they call me and they want me to do the, want me to write their insurance. And I did. And I have their business right now. And I know, you know, it will really, really bother me if one day I get that phone call that, hey, Scott, y'all are just too high or you did this or this happened or whatever. Those will hurt. Those will be ones that really hurt. And I, and I, of course I won't, I won't be able to show that, but, um, you know, again, you know, lion on the inside, sheep on the outside, but, um, you're right. And I'll tell you something else that I've had this happen once or twice where we've had claim situations where contractually the company that I represent was not responsible for that claim, but it was still kind of one of those borderline situations where you almost feel like maybe we should have paid it, even though we didn't pay it. And, you know, the customer gets, gets really upset about that and they leave. And that's something that always leaves a, leaves a scar. It leaves a mark on you. Um, I can think of two or three times where things have, you know, not been paid that, that contractually we weren't supposed to pay, but somebody tells you how disappointed they are and they're leaving and and boy, that leaves a scar when that happens. And if that happens very much with a company that you represent, you're going to have a hard time continuing to sell that product. And I don't give, I don't give a damn what it is, whether it's a, a new car, an insurance product, it doesn't matter. Um, you, it's just so hard to sell something that you don't believe in. That's absolutely right. And, and and so from a rejection standpoint, if you're if you're an agent and you're working for a company an insurance business that you have to deal with a lot of that kind of stuff, 
boy, that, that gets real hard to go out and sell policies. That's right, Scott. I know some folks that that's happened to. I'm fortunate mm-hmm. enough to, to be represent or represent a company that, that has never done that to me and, right. and has, in fact, done the opposite. So uh, right. some are more fortunate than others, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the number one rule of selling is you have to be sold yourself and you have to mm-hmm. believe in your product. And if you can't believe in your product, you're going to have a real hard time selling that product. Absolutely. You know, I think from a rejection standpoint as a young agent, um, you just you got to get a thick skin about you. I think the people in this business that are able to compartmentalize that rejection of, no, I'm not going to do this with you and just move on to the next person and understand that while it's a very relationship driven business, the insurance industry is. Um, but you still got to understand some will, some won't God bless who's next. And there's a ton of people out there to go see. And there's a ton of businesses to go see. There's a ton of individuals to go see and talk to and, and call. And, um, man, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep grinding and understand some of them are going to say no. And right. It, and some, and sometimes it's not even, it has nothing to do with you. Now, if, if you're if you're continuing to get no after no after no, and this was something I wanted to talk about today, and it just came back to my mind, um, every single company out there in the insurance business has a good rate for a good product that they want their agents selling, and I damn sure would rather sell something that my company wants me to sell and has a good rate for rather than trying to beat my head up against the wall and sell a product that, that maybe our company doesn't want us to sell or doesn't have a good rate for because you're going to get a lot more rejections when you try to sell that thing that they don't want you to sell. That's right. Does, and, and does I that think, make sense? Yeah, and I think you touched on a little bit. I mean, it's obviously it's easy to say you need thick skin, uh, yeah. but obviously everybody can't do that. I don't have thick skin, but I'm able to get past things. And, you know, one of the best uh, salespeople I know that I've ever worked with that was good at dealing with rejection would do the same thing when he was selling his product as he would when he was in the bar trying to pick up a girl. (laughs) He would go in the bar and he would hit on every single girl in the bar and one would say yes. He did the same thing when he was selling insurance. He would ask everybody to buy, and one person would say yes. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. I mean, I think you need to be a little more tactful with that, and I'm talking about insurance now. I think you need to be a little more tactful with that, and but get over it that way. It's like they say, no, okay, no big deal. Next. That's what Gary Vaynerchuk's thing is, next. That's right. And, And so, you know, he says rule number one in sales uh, don't try to sell the unsellable. Um, and, and, and I understand what he's saying there. You know, there, there are some people you're just, you're not going to sell. So why keep, why keep trying to matriculate the ball down the field with them? Why not just stop and go on? But, but at the same you know, time, if you do your pre-qualifying on the front end, absolutely. if I ask you to, if, and if you're listening to this right now, if I ask you to buy a product, I've done my homework on the front end and know that you need that product. So you need to leave, leave the door open Because those people will probably realize, huh, you know, Scott was right. I really do need this. You know, I've I've had clients in the past that were were getting ready to retire, and I've tried to tell them that they need to put something in place for the life insurance side of uh, the life insurance piece of things, and Mm -hmm. they and they have not done so. Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm I'm, you know, my company's got got a product for me. I'm going to keep it as fifteen dollars a month. 
And either right. one of two things happen. That product quadruples in price every year, or they find out it's just an accident product and it's not a life insurance product. So a lot of times those people end up coming back to me. So I think you need uh, you need to try and still close that client, mm-hmm. but you need to let them tell you no without them feeling any friction. Sure. sure. And it's a good balance. I mean, when somebody tries to cancel their, their insurance with me, I try to make it seem like they're breaking up with a girlfriend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without being a jerk. You know, like, right. oh, man, I hate to hear that kind of thing. But no big right. deal. That's fine. We'll get that done. And then sure. that, that makes them feel almost obligated when they're mm. shopping that product again to come back to me. Right. Because they could tell that I cared that they're, not lo- they're no longer with me. And guess what? They're still going to get Christmas cards. They're still right. going to get a phone call on their birthday. Right. Yeah. I, I, the one thing I try to do, um, it, it does, because we broker so many policies through other companies, um, no matter who we write through, whether it's nationwide insurance or Philadelphia insurance or any of these other companies that we represent, Progressive and all this other bunch that we, we represent, I try to figure out on the front end uh, what what do these companies want? What do they want in turn of, terms of demographics? What do they want in terms of just just all the 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 things that go into you know getting somebody a good rate and then what type of if it's a commercial policy what type of businesses do they want us to go after because you know i had an agent one time that he started selling commercial insurance with me and all he wanted and for some reason he kept going out and trying to get um, auto uh auto body repair shops well nationwide insurance would say yeah man we got a smoking hot rate for auto body repair shops but um they've got to have a sprinkler system in their in the area where their paint booth the paint booth area and it didn't seem like anybody in alabama had one so you know talk about rejection you know you go see seven eight nine ten of these and they say oh yeah man we'd love for you to quote our business and then nationwide, and, I, and this is a different kind of rejection, but I'm glad I'm bringing it up because it's a huge part of our business. You know, we have from from the commercial insurance standpoint, and I know for you sometimes on home and auto, we have to sell an, an underwriter as much, if not more, than we have to sell a client. Yep. And so, and so, you know, you talk about rejection, well. As a new insurance agent, not only are you going to be getting rejection coming from the customer side, the member side, the client side, but hell, you're going to go out and you're going to find the greatest thing you've ever found in your life and you're going to go to your company and try to write it and there's going to be an underwriter that's going to go look at their website and he's going to say, oh, I see on here that they they repair racing motorcycles. We're not going to write that. And so, and so you've got this... You've, you've really got two forms of rejection there. You've got the customer side of rejection, and then you've got the underwriting side of rejection, too. And so you really have to know how to deal with both sides of that. And one thing, too, I would advise, this is specifically to the insurance industry, you're a new agent, is there are certain companies where the agent sort of can tell the underwriter what to do? Right. And there are certain companies that if you try to do that, they're going to laugh in your face. The underwriter right. rules the roost. That's right. That's exactly right. And and furthermore, 
you know, if you're, I know a lot of companies have gone to more of a pool underwriting scenario where you as a new agent or even an established agent, you pick up the phone and you're calling uh, a pool of underwriters. So you don't have that personal relationship with one eight, with one underwriter that you might've had with somebody for three or four or five years. And, and boy, you talk about being a different world. Um, that can, that can get real hairy in a hurry because when you don't have those personal relationships, they don't have the trust in you and you don't have the trust in them. It's just, it's just a lot different than when you build a relationship with an underwriter and y'all both kind of know what each other expects of each other. Does that make sense? That's absolutely right. Yeah. So we, we've seen a lot of that in our business just for, for new agents out there, you know, even five, three, four, five, ten 10 years ago, uh, I think most people had an underwriting contact, both on the personal line side and the commercial side with different companies. And now it seems like every company is kind of consolidating and going to more of a pool type scenario. And you just don't have those personal relationships. So you, you're, you're going to be faced, guys, you're going to be faced with rejection from customers and clients. And then you're also going to be faced with rejection from, from underwriters. And I'm going to be honest with you, what I have found to be the case, and I had this happen to me yesterday on an extremely large workers comp case I had been working on for about two weeks myself. And so finally, Cal, I got a meeting in the morning with a, with a client uh, on, on all of their business stuff. And I finally got the underwriter on the phone yesterday to kind of finalize everything. And I realized that I was beating my head up against the wall and I just pulled back and I said, you know, I really appreciate you looking at this account. I hate we couldn't do anything with it uh, because they were this particular company was twenty five, thirty thousand dollars higher than what they were paying. And uh, and I just I just walked away from it. And, and some people would say, well, Scott, you should have kept on. Well, I'll tell you this. If you have an underwriter that you have a good relationship with and you just keep on and on and on about something, eventually you're going to piss them off. Um, and you have to kind of know when to just pull back and say, I completely understand we are where we are. It's just time to move on. You know, some will, some won't God bless who's next. That applies to underwriters sometimes as much as it applies to your customer that you're trying to get to buy a policy from you. Um, so Scott, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Have you ever called for an underwriter and an underwriter you don't want to talk to picks up the phone and you hang up? (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of different uh, there, there's a lot of different theories of what to do in that situation, and I, I think I know where you're going with this. But go ahead. No, I'm just <laughs> asking you, man. Yeah, uh, I think I think we all have had that situation happen. I will tell you, uh, for all you new agents that are out there listening, you know there will be some agents that will tell you, um, especially if it's a pool underwriting group. Um, <laughs> I, I've I have heard I'm not saying that we do this, but I've heard people will actually call from their cell phone because maybe your office number's plugged into the master system and they know who's calling and hanging up. Um, but I've I've heard of people star sixty nine in until they get to the person they want on the phone. All right, I got another uh, question for you. Back to rejection. <laughs> Go ahead. Off off this subject because uh, I don't want to get either one of us in trouble. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's not something that we typically do in my office, but I have heard of people doing that before in different companies. Likewise, likewise. Yes. So yes, yes. Um, you have property and casualty, auto and homeowner insurance, and you have right. life insurance. Right. Now, we both know that people get declined for life insurance. Right. And almost anybody that's ever written PNC has written an auto or a homeowner's policy and underwriter said nope we can't do that and it gets declined for whatever reason or there's right. an accident maybe there's a recent accident that's not showing up until you know it's in the sure. underwriting process and that gets declined what uh-huh. to you and i'm gonna get i'll get my opinion too what to you is the most difficult phone call to call someone and tell them their life insurance is declined or their car or home insurance is declined wow that's a tough that's a tough one there um I wouldn't. I don't like making either one of those calls. Um, I will. I would probably say the life insurance side, um, because you know life insurance is so important. First of all, I mean, you know, if you have a family, you need it. Um, you know, typically you can always find some company out there that's going to write an auto or home policy. You know, it may not be where they want to be, or it may, may have to go somewhere else, but. To me, life insurance is just such a different animal that I think that call to somebody about their life insurance would probably probably be a little more personal than the auto and home, uh, you know, declination. Um, but I don't know. What, what's your answer to that? The exact opposite. See, I've always had this theory that I never had a problem calling someone and telling them their life insurance is decline now obviously it's hard on me for several reasons one because i'm not going to get paid and two i'm going to know that 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 family's not protected because you're going to i believe in life insurance more than my clients do and that's going to should be the case with everybody but to me the auto and the home is all much more difficult because on the life side that's on them typically it's getting declined because of them Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's a, a case where the financial underwriting doesn't make sense. So typically it's something to do with their health that's causing right. them to get declined. Mm-hmm. On the auto and home side, it's more to them, but to me they take it more po- personal on the, the car and the home insurance side. Um, mm-hmm. I've had people get more pissed off about that than they have you know, at, uh, at the life mm-hmm. side. And, and, I, and mm-hmm. I, I came up with this theory at a previous company I was at. I was like, man, I can call somebody all day long and tell them I can't do the life insurance but the car insurance seems to be more difficult. I don't know if it's because they think it's it's not uh, it's not a done deal when it's written. The life insurance sure. is, and you know they sure. know it's got to go through underwriting. Whereas, sure. you know, there's probably a lot of consumers out there that don't realize that cars and home insurance go through underwriting. They think everything's done on the front end, and certainly with right. some companies it is. But mm-hmm. to me, that has been a more difficult call. As far not necessarily difficult for me, but that's a mm-hmm. that's a more uh, that's a sh- more stressful call because mm-hmm. typically that person is caught off guard and that sort of thing. And, and let's be honest, it's a difficult process to move all your insurance over. It, Absolutely, it's it's, it's not as difficult as clients think it is. But it's, I mean, there's a, a lot of ducks you have to get in a row on their end and on our end. Right. And right. there and there's going to be those clients too. You know, talk about an opposite form of rejection. There's going to be those clients. I had one this morning that I could have written it, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be a risk. It was going to be a risk. I was going to have to place outside of my my main company, and it was going to take a lot of work. And I, I just it would be better for me to refer that out to someone who right. specializes in it, mm-hmm. and build a relationship with that person 
than than spend an hour and a half of my time to get that commission. Was that a was that a life policy or auto and home? That was actually a home. Okay. Okay. It was a standalone rental home, which I don't like doing. Right. Right. Well, a couple of things I'll say to those points. Number one, I think sometimes people probably aren't as upset about the life because maybe on the front end before this all gets started, they already know that they've got a health condition or something out there that might prevent them from 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 right. getting insurance. You and know, in the rare insurance. in the rare case that that some kind of health issue gets discovered during the underwriting process, right? They're thankful. Mm-hmm. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not mad. They're glad that you found that. And I have ran across that too. Oh, I've told people before when they started, you know, about having to get a lot of insurance exam or health exam. I'm like, hey, it's free. You're getting a free. You're getting a free uh, yearly checkup. How about that? You know. That's right. Um, maybe maybe not quite as uh, in depth as if you went to Johns Hopkins for your yearly review, but you know that, that you'd be surprised at what they can find. On those, um, you know, on those, on those life insurance exams, they do. I and, mean, it's, it's, yeah. And pretty much with any company, if you get a life insurance policy issued on you and it's preferred, mm-hmm. you're not going to die other than anything from an accident anytime soon. Absolutely, that's right, that's right. You know, and I think I probably don't see as much of the the home and auto, um, you know, pissed offness, I guess, if you, if you want to call it that, because we do have so many different places to take auto and home. Right. That, and so, I, and so, I was going to mention that. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you know, you represent, uh, you know, several different companies and I do too, right. but, but I'm more, you know, I only have a handful that I can write sure. to. I'm considered a captive agent, whereas I believe you are not correct. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would be probably, it would depend on who you ask. Um, I'm certainly not a captive agent on the commercial side of the house because we can have direct contracts with, with whoever we want. And then we have, you know, different home and auto companies that we can write through. And, and, and truthfully, a lot of them are, are really, really good carriers of uh, travelers, Hartford, MetLife. You know, we use a, a more of an aggregator uh, for those types of companies. We have an aggregator that, that has something like six different carriers that it quotes through. So if you need commercial so, insurance, call Scott. If you need life insurance, call six seven five five four nine zero. Ask for Bradley. I love it. I love <laughs> it. You know, you know, we really don't, my agency really doesn't focus a lot on life, not as much as we should. Uh, and, and, and we, uh, we need to get better at that. Um, we, it's not that we don't sell life insurance. We sell, you know, a pretty good bit of it, but, uh, we don't, we don't do as much of it as we should be doing. I, I will tell you that most agencies, if they've gotten up into the five to ten, twenty million dollar range, I my belief is is if you walked into an independent agent's office that had a fifteen million dollar agency and you said, What is the biggest failure of your agency? I think most of them would say we, we we do not sell enough life insurance or we don't sell any life insurance and we've never taken advantage of what I call, and this is a pretty broad term, but the financial services side of our business. I think all of them would say that. Yeah. I've I think had the pleasure of knowing, knowing some people who have big books like that, and I think that's the yep. case. And I think a lot of it is resting on your laurels right. and, and getting complacent, right. obviously, because that big book is going to generate a lot of revenue. But also mm. a book that big is going to generate some life cases that just fall in your lap. So Absolutely. they feel like they don't have to sell it. They can just wait on it to come in the door. And, I mean, it's a difficult product to sell. So, I mean, you're going to – if you sell life insurance, you're going to run into a lot of rejection. 
And I that's think right. and I think that they secretly try to avoid that. And that's sort of what I was getting to in the beginning, uh, going back to last week's episode was is is at the end of the day you're you're a salesperson. It's almost like some people um, don't take offense to this, Scott, and I'm not saying this is the case with you guys, but some people are like, well, I'm too good to get down there and start calling people for life insurance. Right, 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 right. No, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, and I've told you this. I mean, the, the most successful agents, guys, if you're listening to this and you have an insurance agent, uh, probably the most successful nationwide agent that I know in the United States of America, um, is is over in Georgia in terms of financial services, and he he pretty much he and another handful of people uh, agents across the U.S. sell more life insurance and financial services. Uh, they probably sell more than everybody else does. But and I told I think I mentioned this to you at lunch one day, Bradley. But what he does is anytime somebody calls their agency, whether it's to pay a bill or to get a quote on insurance or to just talk about a claim or, or anything else. He's trained his employees to simply ask the question, Hey, who, by the way, who do you have your life insurance with? And, 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 and what I equate that to, it's like kicking a ball off the tee at the beginning of a football game, because what you've just done, it doesn't matter what they say. You just opened up the conversation about life insurance. That's Does that exactly, make sense? That's exactly right. Man. Because because people call my office. People call, I, you can call my agency right now, 256-444-2041. I will guarantee you nobody in my agency will ask you about life insurance. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you want. Unless you ask for life insurance, they're so, not going they're not going to ask you about it. Man, you just had to say your phone number since I said mine, didn't you? Well, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know, but I I I'm just I'm just trying to make a point that that you know we we just don't we don't do it enough we need to do more of it we need you know speaking of rejection um you know the life insurance question that question i just said hey who do you have your life insurance with you know that's going to be met with some rejection and i think you know bradley because you sell a lot more life than i do the biggest rejection you're going to get right there and you need to know and understand how to answer this rejection that you're about to get is the old I've got it at work mm-hmm. because when you ask somebody that question that I just gave all these agents to ask, that's going to be the number one answer you have is, Oh my, you know, my husband's got it at work or I've got it at work. And so you need to know what to say when they say that to kind of counter that argument. Right. And I think Scott that, uh, and this that's a great subject to bring up, you know, wrapping up here was the last thing that we talked about this morning that we wanted to, to, to speak on was how to overcome those objections when you that's are right. rejected. And, and I think, and you may disagree or agree with this, but I think the best advice comes from Grant Cardone is treat every objection as a complaint. Mm. In other words, don't necessarily handle it like a complaint, but treat it as a complaint. In other words, when somebody complains to you, what are you going to do? You're just right. going to, you're going to jump past it and go on to the next thing pretty much every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how you need to treat it. Oh, well, I have it at work. Okay. Just go on to the very next thing. Right. Right. And I think the more you think about that, that sounds like a simple example, but the more you think about that, the more intricate it can get. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I'll tell you this. If, if, if you ask that question, Hey, who do you have your insurance? Who do you have your life insurance with? 
If nothing else comes from that, if nothing else comes from that, well, at least that's one of your clients that now knows that you sell life insurance because I can't tell you how many people we have in our agency that will come up to me or, or they'll be talking to me in a conversation. They'll say, hell, I didn't know y'all sold life insurance. Right. I think a lot of agents or a lot of customers don't think that independent agents do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably get five or six people a year that say that to me. I didn't know y'all sold life insurance. You know, we got it through so-and-so or we, you know, or whoever it is. But, you know, I, I, I guess to summarize what we've talked about today, if I'm a new agent and I'm just getting into business, guys, you're going to have to grind. Don't, don't, don't let rejection and the fear of rejection um, keep you from being successful in this, in this, in this industry. You need to get with some. We need to get with an agency that's going to train you well. That and you need to spend a lot of time learning your craft and understanding. You know, yeah, you're going to be met with rejection. You're going to be met with a lot of rejection. But the but the better you understand how to answer those, you know, Grant Cardone complaints that you just mentioned, the better you know how to counter those arguments, the more successful you're going to be. The better the product is that you have and the more, uh, you know, the, the, the better the price of that product, the more successful you, you're going to be. And the, uh, and the more you believe in your product, absolutely. the easier it is to hard sell somebody. And a hard sell is not a bad thing if you believe in your product. And honestly, Scott, I think that's a great subject for next week. Absolutely. How, what, what, what's the subject? What, what, what are we talking? How it's easy to hard sell when you believe in your product. That is a great, that is a great that is a great one. I let's talk do for that two hours week. on that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about that next week. Well, Bradley, I know you've got to get back to it. I know we, uh, you know, we've been on here for a while now, but I just, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and being a co-host with me on this. And I, 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 I'm very, very excited about the future of this podcast. And I wish that, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm anxious to get this thing dialed into the point where. You know, it's just like breathing every Wednesday. That's you know? right. That's right. So, guys, my name is Scott Howell. I am the insurance guy online.com. Guys, if you're a new agent, if you're an old agent, go out there this week, represent your agency, represent the company that you have, the companies that you sell through, write good business for those companies, make money for your family. Go sell something. Go find something for the from the company that you represent that has a great rate and and believe in your product and go out there and sell it. Bradley, man, have a great rest of the week, brother, and I'll talk to you real soon. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast for agents by agents. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.